The Productive Woman, Episode 240. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me in this episode. We'll be talking about making good use of our time in the evenings and on the weekends. You'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 240. This episode is brought to you by Blinkist and by Beauty by Design. If you're looking for a tool that will help you learn from the best nonfiction books out there in 15-minute bites, be sure to check out Blinkist, which is the only app I know of that gives you the best key takeaways from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. To give it a try, visit Blinkist.com TPW for a free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash T-P-W. I'll share a little bit more about them later, but right now I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor, Beauty by Design. So I don't know if you guys can relate to this at all, but honestly, developing a good skincare regime has not been the highest thing on my priority list over the years. Not that I don't think it's important, but making time to sort through all the products out there and figure out what's right for me, it's just always been a little bit overwhelming. Well, Beauty by Design offers a solution to solving this dilemma. Beauty by Design connects you with online estheticians that will diagnose your skin for only $15 and then curate the perfect assortment of vegan, cruelty-free, natural products just for you, all via text message. In under two minutes, I answered a few questions about my skin, put in the price point I wanted for each kind of product, and sent them a makeup-free selfie, which was not my favorite thing to do. Uh, The best thing is, since it's all done through text message, I was able to chat with my esthetician, Erica, on my own time. She offered some thoughts on what would work best and recommended specific products designed to address the needs of my specific skin. One of those recommendations was to add a daily SPF sunscreen to my morning routine, which honestly is a good idea. I probably should have implemented sooner since I, you know, live in sunny Texas. I had no obligation to buy any of the products, but I did buy a set of them and I've been using them for, oh, a week or so. And honestly, to my surprise, I've already seen a difference in my skin. With all I have going on in my life, I really enjoy the simplicity of the routine, and I especially appreciate knowing the program is recommended by a trained esthetician. I also appreciate Beauty by Design because it's not a subscription service, so you're not locked into anything. You get to order the products you need when you need them, and shipping and returns are always free. They have thousands of product combinations my esthetician can choose from to make sure my skin is getting exactly what it needs. So if you've ever felt overwhelmed by the skincare options out there, and if you've been looking for some beauty products that are healthier, more natural, and perfectly tailored to your skin, I recommend you check out Beauty by Design. So to experience the world's most personalized skincare, go to beautybydesign.com slash TPW and use the promo code TPW. And they are offering first-time customers 
20% off their first purchase. So go to beautybydesign.com slash TPW and use the promo code TPW to get 20% off. And a big thank you to Beauty by Design for sponsoring our show. All right, let's get right into our main topic. This is inspired by a conversation we had in a recent Productive Woman Mastermind meeting about using our evenings well. We talked about that feeling of coming home from work with no plan from the evening and then furthering it all away and accomplishing nothing of value and kind of going to bed saying, well, that evening's lost. And it got me thinking about that and what it means and the, the things we talked about in the group led to further kind of investigation on my part. And I thought I'd share with you some of my thoughts, and I hope that you'll contribute to this conversation. We'll talk about how you can do that later. Um, So as I said, it it started with this idea of wasting time, wasting our evenings, Uh, the feeling that, wow, I was productive all day at work, but I get home and I get to the evening and look back and feel like the evening was wasted. What does it mean to waste time? That was the question that came to me. How do you decide if an evening was wasted or if it was used well? When I looked up wasting time online, there were there was a an online dictionary that defined it as causing someone to spend time doing something that is unnecessary or does not produce any benefit. And I thought that was an interesting perspective. We can do that to ourselves. We can allow other people to do it to us. We can we can cause other people to waste time. If we're causing them to spend time, use valuable time, a finite resource that we all have only 24 hours a day of, doing something that is unnecessary or doesn't produce any benefit. That constitutes at least one definition of wasting time. Another one that I found really interesting is came from Laura Vanderkam, who is the author of Off the Clock and our guest on episode 217. She offered this definition in an article she wrote a few years ago. She said, time is wasted when it's neither enjoyed nor spent in pursuit of some larger life goal. So that kind of forms a framework or a backdrop for considering whether we have wasted our time on the evenings or our weekends or whatever free time we have that's not committed to, you know, work or family commitments. So how do we decide time is wasted? Looking at those definitions, I think it's not ever going to be somebody else's call. It's not determined by what you did or didn't do either. I think the question of whether an evening or a weekend or whatever is wasted is whether you're satisfied with the results you're getting from your life. I think I have to say, especially coming from the perspective of, you know, here in the United States where it's a documented statistical fact that most Americans don't use up their entire vacation that they're entitled to, those who have jobs, uh, we tend to work too much, a lot of us. And so when we're talking about whether time is wasted, I do want to say that I don't think anyone should spend every minute working. I don't think an evening is wasted simply because you weren't working at something the whole evening. 
One article that I read said that humans are only wired to be focused on a specific task for an hour or two at a stretch before the mind gets fatigued and can't absorb new information. So mental rest is crucial. And this article had some real interesting kind of some of the neuroscience behind this. Uh, the the writer goes on to say there are different types of brain waves. Beta waves are present when the mind is alert and focused on a task, and alpha waves are present when the mind is relaxed, free to wander, or daydream. In that important alpha state, the brain is processing all the info it's recently taken in, learning from it, storing away memories to make room for more information, and making new connections that spark creative ideas. So when we're talking about the best way or the way to make the best use of our evenings or any non-work time, it's important to keep this in mind that working all the time that we're awake is not healthy, it's not helpful, and it's not really productive. So there is then nothing wrong with the occasional evening, you know, spent on the couch with popcorn and Netflix. It's not a bad thing to do that sometimes. And Laura Vanderkam, I think in that same article that I was talking about earlier said, watching TV and surfing the web are often low value activities, but they're not automatically wasted time. These things sometimes bring pleasure and pleasure is a good in its own right. So there's nothing wrong with sometimes just taking the evening off and vegging out in front of the TV. But the effect of that kind of activity is the subject of a lot of studies and some conflicting conclusions that have come out of these studies. So you know, TV can be a a form of escapism and a little escapism actually can be a good thing for good for our brains. You know, if we get to that point where we're in that alpha state and our minds can wander, but the studies say that it's not clear that our minds actually rest when we watch TV. And this was interesting to me because I'll confess that, uh, you know, my way of sort of unwinding from a stressful day or a a very full day often is going to be, I'm going to veg out in front of the TV because I don't have to think about anything. But that's not, it's not clear that that's actually true. And one article I read said, neuroscientists still don't know exactly what's going on in the brain when it's glued to the TV. But EEG studies, which detect electrical activity in the brain, have found that the higher functioning levels of the brain, like the neocortex we use for analysis and reasoning, go offline when we zombie out in front of the screen. The article goes on to say, though, that meanwhile, the visual cortex, the brain's largest cortical tissue, is highly stimulated. This basically leaves the brain in a sort of limbo state of rest. Neurons are still firing, but the mind is not actually engaged. It's taking in a boatload of information, but not processing it. So the brain isn't fully relaxed, but it's not being exercised either. So I thought that was kind of interesting, something for me to think about when I think a a night in front of the TV is the way to rest after a, you know, a day where I was working hard on the mental activities that I have to do as a lawyer. Another problem maybe, or another outcome that comes of watching TV was pointed out by another article that said there was a study 
that showed watching TV after a stressful day leads to feelings of guilt and failure. It doesn't give you the downtime you need to prepare for the next day, nor does it keep you in a neutral state. It actually depletes you. Interesting thought. That study um, goes on and suggests a shift in thinking about watching TV after work uh, that the article says applies to all forms of recharging your productivity. And this is what this writer said. And I think this is valuable to us. If we are feeling guilty because we've spent the evening vegging out in front of the TV instead of doing something, you know, and I'm using air quotes, productive, uh, and therefore we, we feel that guilt and that, you know, I just wasted the evening. This writer says, don't think of watching TV after work as a failure of self-control. Think of it as a reward for a hard day's work. Um, and he goes, the, the writer goes on to say, this might sound obvious in theory, but productive people can have a very tough time applying this in practice. Ironically, productive people often overlook their own productivity. The more productive you are, the more likely you are to get down on yourself and think at the end of the day, I wasn't very productive today. And as a result, you're less likely to give yourself a reward because you won't think it's deserved. And this writer suggests reflecting on your day, spending time sort of journaling or writing down the things you accomplished to help yourself actually recognize, hey, I actually did some things today. It's not that the whole day was wasted. So there's no reason why I can't give myself a night off and do something fun. The, this writer says that effectively managing your own psychology makes the difference between feeling exhausted after supposedly decompressing with TV following a long day at work and feeling rejuvenated and ready to tackle the next day. Like everything else, our mindset makes the difference in uh, whether what we're doing is rejuvenating and restful or we come away feeling exhausted and guilty and like we've wasted the time. And so talking about TV, maybe, maybe you're not one who watches TV, but these same concepts could apply to anything that you do after a work day or at the end of a long day to, and whether you feel rejuvenated by it or exhausted by it, a lot of that has to do with your own mindset of, of feeling like you're not being productive enough. So just some things to think about. So what can we do? What are some things we can do to use our evenings well? Uh, there are a lot of ways we could use that time, assuming you have some time and, and how much time you have available to you in the evenings. A lot of that depends on who's in your household. If you have a, a spouse and children, young children versus teenagers, what stage of life you're at may have, well, it will have an impact on how much time you have available to you in the evenings. But assuming you have even just an hour or two what are some things we can do to use that time well in as we define it to help us move forward in making a life that matters and being productive in the best sense of of accomplishing the things we care about there are lots of ways to use that time putting it against the backdrop of understanding that being productive does not require that we work every minute we can out of each day, uh, nor is that necessarily healthy for us. And on the far end of, or the other end of the spectrum, 
you know, vegging out in the t- in front of the TV isn't a bad idea once in a while. It's maybe not the best thing to do night after night after night. And we've, we've talked about some of the reasons why the studies and the scientists are, are saying maybe it's not as relaxing as we want to think it is. So against that backdrop, what are some other things we can do that would help us to feel like we've used our evening time well? Well, there's lots of things that came to my mind. I would love to hear your thoughts. What do you do in the evening What uh, to make good use of that time? But here's some things that I thought about. The first thing is to rest, to do something that's truly restful. If TV doesn't actually rest our brain, what can we do that gives our brain and our body and our, you know, just our emotions a break? And rest is important. So maybe use some of that time to meditate, do something you find relaxing, whatever that may be, or just go to bed early. Sometimes that's the best way to use our time is especially if we've had a stressful day or a very full day that we're we're feeling kind of frazzled and tired. Maybe the best answer is instead of trying to get one more task done or you know one more project done, just go to bed early and let our bodies and our minds rest and recuperate. So that was the first thing I thought. The second thing I thought of would be to use some of that time to reconnect, whether it's with our husband, with our children, and, you know, as far as the children, maybe we want to reconnect with them as a group or one-on-one. We had, you know, Mike and I raised five kids and we tried to find time to have some one-on-one time with each of them. That was a challenge. Sometimes we spent our, our evenings or whatever with them as a group, but when we could, we would try to, to find some ways to have one-on-one time with them. Maybe you want to use some of your evening time to reconnect with a friend or a family member, whether they're nearby or distant, whether you get together with them in person or via phone. Uh, There are a lot of ways that we can do that. And I'd love to hear how you reconnect with the people that are important in your life. Some of the things that I thought about would be to simply have a meal together with no screens and linger over it a little bit and talk instead of, you know, wolfing down whatever the meal was in front of the TV or at the table with our phones in front of us, getting it done quickly and moving on to the next thing. Instead, and it doesn't have to be a, you know, a big fancy meal, whatever the meal is, but just to sit down at the table together without our phones, without the TV on in the background, no screens of any kind, actually talking to each other and kind of lingering over it, taking our time with it. Now, I would have to say as, you know, the mother of five kids, if this is a new idea in your household, don't be discouraged if the kids or even your husband don't engage the way you imagined they would. You know, we sometimes we get an idea of, oh, we're going to do this once a week or every night or or whatever. We're all going to gather around the table and put our phones away and uh, and just talk to each other and have these meaningful conversations. If you do that, on a regular basis with your family, I would love to hear from you about how you do that. And it's something I'd like to maybe explore in a later episode. So if that's something you have a a routine you've developed, I think it's rare in this day and age. Obviously in in my household, our kids are grown and gone. So it's kind of a different situation. It's just Mike and me. 
but if you've got a household with you and a spouse or you and kids or you and kids or whatever that is, and you have developed a regular practice of having meals, whether it's every night or once a week or whatever, uh, that involve meaningful conversation and spending time sitting together at the table, please send me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and let me know how that's working for you. Uh, on the other hand, if that's something you'd like to do, but it's something you're struggling with, I'd like to hear from you as well, because like, like I said, I'm, I'm considering looking into this more in a future episode. But as I said, we may have this, uh, maybe it's something you haven't done, but you'd like to start doing it. And I, and we have this image in our head of what it's going to be like, just don't be discouraged if it doesn't go quite the way you'd imagined when you first institute this, uh, don't let it turn into another source of stress, uh, things like this, especially if it's a change in the way the family has done things, uh, take some time to build the habit and get everybody on board. So you can rest, you can reconnect with different people, you know, maybe you can use one of your evenings to do a Skype call with your parents who live far away or your best friend from college or something like that. Think about people that you care about that you don't see or talk to very often and using some of the time in your evenings to reconnect with one or more of them could be a really nice way to spend the evening. Uh, a third option is to spend some time on work, you know, to make good use of your evening time. Maybe you want to get some work done. Maybe that's because you start your work day later and so that you can spend time with your family in the morning or doing personal things in the morning. And so you plan as part of your routine, part of your work day is going to be in the evenings, maybe after dinner. And I think there's nothing wrong with that if that's done intentionally and even for those of us who don't plan to work in the evenings, I think there's nothing wrong with uh, getting some work done in the evening sometimes. But if it's the norm for your evenings and it's not an intentional choice, consider why. Is it because you're starting your workday later and, and is that intentional or is it just because you kind of are not as efficient in the mornings? Are you not using your work time as effectively as you could? What reasons might there be for work to, to overflow into the evenings? Again, nothing wrong with doing that sometimes if that's what you want to do, if there's a purpose for it. But as we said early on, working all the time is not healthy for any of us. All right. So a fourth thing you could do, use some of your evening time for is self-care of one kind or another. Consider using some of that time to get some exercise, uh, maybe a spa night, either at home or in an actual spa. Uh, what are some things you could do for self-care that you just, you know, you're focusing on your own physical, mental, emotional needs that you could use some of the evening time for that? You could also use the evening time for some sort of personal or professional growth. 
learning something new or getting inspired. And there's lots of ways we can do that. We can read, you know, set aside time in the evenings to read a book that's helping us grow professionally or personally. We can attend a, an online or in-person course or watch a webinar. And we've talked recently about, you know, finding that balance between consumption and creation and contribution. And so using all our time in the evenings to consume content, uh, again, it may not be the most effective use, but if you are intentional about it, is there an area of your life personally or professionally that you'd like to grow and develop in? How can you do that? What are some ways you can do that? And can you commit to devoting some portion of your evening time to that? And to take it then the next step, as we talked about on that more recent episode, take action on one of your goals. That would be a great way, I think, to spend part of our evening is we, if we've identified our goals, broken them down into small steps, it's going to be much easier to plan action, choose some small step in whatever the goal is that you want to pursue, put it on your calendar and plan to spend, you know, I'm going to spend an hour on Thursday night working on this thing that I've set as a goal for myself. Uh, So there's sort of a different pieces of all of this growth sort of thing. We can spend part of our time learning and growing, but I think it's a great thing to spend some time intentionally taking action on one of our goals. I think it's a great use of part of our evening to prepare for the next day. Maybe, and this doesn't have to take a lot of the evening. It hopefully won't take the whole evening and there'll be room for some of these other things, but check your calendar for the next day. What's going on that you might need to prepare for? Get your clothes ready, maybe assemble dinner ingredients like take the meat out of the freezer, chop some vegetables, get things ready to go. Make sure the kids' backpacks and things are ready to go, papers are signed that need to be signed, so the morning will be less hectic. Even spending 10, 15, 20 minutes of the evening doing some of these sorts of things to prepare for the next day, I think is a really worthwhile use of our time in the evening to make the next day better, more relaxed, more productive. And so those are some things that I've thought about and hopefully maybe some, some combination of the above, maybe on a given evening, you're going to do a couple of these things. And again, sometimes you're just going to want to veg and that's okay too. So those are some ideas I've had for ways to make good use of our evenings. Again, I'd love to hear what you think. What do you do in the evenings or what would you like to do uh, to make your evenings go well and be feel worthwhile to you, I guess is the question. I would love to hear that. Send me an email about that or we can have the conversation in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group if you're there. So if these are some of the things we could do to make good use of our evenings, how do we make that happen? How do we make time for it? I think first of all, we got to plan ahead. Just a little bit of forethought can make a huge difference between uh, making good use of an evening or coming to the end of the night and feeling like it, it just was frittered away. And one of the things we talked about when we had this conversation in our mastermind group was make a list of things you could do. So plan ahead, sit sit down sometime with a cup of coffee or tea or something, and just brainstorm a list of things you could do that you'd like to do, ways you'd like to use some of your evening time. 
the the value of this is if you wait until you get home after a long day, decision fatigue likely means you'll end up just puttering around or on the couch with Netflix and a bag of cheese puffs. But if you've thought ahead of a list of things you could do when you realize, hey, I've got an hour or two ahead of me on the evening, I'm tired, I can't think of a single thing to do, but I can pull that list out and think, oh, you know, I wanted to get out my knitting, or I wanted to watch this one webinar, or, you know, whatever the things are on your list. I wanted to call my sister and check in with her, those sorts of things. If you've got that list there, you don't have to think up something at a time of day when you're likely tired mentally and physically. And the other advantage of planning ahead is you can prepare ahead. You can make reservations if you've decided you want to do a a spa night or even just go get a pedicure or something one evening. Or you can pick up supplies ahead of time for a project that you want to work on. You can do this if you have that list. Plan ahead, prepare ahead, go out and get those supplies gathered up so that when it comes to an evening, if you feel motivated to work on a project, you can jump right into it because you have the materials, the supplies, whatever it is that you need to do that. Uh, Part of planning ahead may be to, if if you want to use some of your evenings to reconnect with important people, schedule a date night with your spouse or a a coffee date or or a a walk or something with a friend that you haven't connected with in a while. If you plan ahead, if you've got that list, you can look ahead and say, this is important to me. I would like to use one of my evenings to do this and it involves somebody else. Let's get them them on board. And that to me is the kind of leads into the second uh, piece of this. Planning ahead is important to make it happen. Uh, Second thing would be to enlist the support or at least the accommodation of other people in your life. So for instance, if you realize that you need some alone time for self-care or personal or professional growth or to work on your side project or hobby, then get the people in your household on board. Get your husband or your older kids or a friend on board to maybe help out with the younger kids or to cover dinner that night. And so, you know, maybe if it's your husband, you want to trade off, if you'll cover dinner this night... I will cover things this other night so that you can have some time off to to yourself. Uh, But planning ahead, getting the people that you care about involved. You can do the same thing with friends. Maybe maybe you don't have, um, you know, an older kid to help with the younger ones or something like that, but you could trade off with friends. If you've got a friend who similarly would like to have some time off for whether it's a spa night or to work on her project or something, and you both have young kids, maybe you trade off that one night you'll watch her kids and then so she can have some time. Another night she'll watch yours. So you have time. Find that support or that help that you need. The third thing I'd suggest is to start small. We don't, you know, I think a lot of times we feel like we've got to just really go gung ho and I'm going to use every night perfectly well and I'm going to plan something, you know, productive and wonderful for each night. And, you know, life happens, things happen and it just doesn't uh, fall into place the way we want and we get discouraged. So I encourage you to start small, plan for one night a week to start. 
So maybe one night a week, can you plan that you're going to do a couple of these things that we've talked about or something you've had in mind, take action on a goal that you had set for yourself, but is not moving, but plan ahead, choose one night a week that you can do that. And as you start to see the benefits of using your time well in the evenings, maybe you go to two nights a week and, you know, go from there. I, I would encourage you that if you want to do uh, something, whether it's self-care or one of the other things we've talked about, plan, planning ahead may be may involve simplifying your meals for that night. So maybe the night that you're going to go to the gym or uh, work on your, your project that you have to do or go to the spa or whatever it is you want to do, that you're going to plan a simple night, maybe even take out for that night to make things simple, to carve out the time for it. And the fourth thing I'd recommend is to cut yourself some slack and adjust your mindset. Being a productive person does not mean filling every minute of the day with meaningful activity. If we find ourselves feeling guilty about how we used the evening or every evening this week or whatever, pause and examine why. Is it because you are failing to live up to expectations, whether your own or somebody else's? Do you have too much on your plate to allow for any downtime? If so, what can you do about that? Remember that you do have a choice. I, it's, we feel sometimes we're kind of at the mercy of life and it's just all coming at us. But the truth is that the life we're living today is the result of the choices we made yesterday and last week and last year and 10 minutes ago. So if we want different results, we can make different choices. Change may come slowly, but we can make changes if we want to. In the meantime, give yourself a break and don't expect so much of yourself that you're beating yourself up because you're not using every minute of every day and every evening perfectly. I would say that all these things, although we've been talking about making good use of your evenings, these same concepts apply to the weekend. And I know that I have found it easy to let the weekends just, you know, not really have a plan for them and just kind of coast through them. And that's fine. Sometimes you just need that when, when your week is hyper scheduled and every day has been very full of commitments and activities, sometimes you just want nothing planned for a weekend and that's okay. But sometimes you, you get to the end of the weekend and you think, where did it go and what did I accomplish? And all of these things that we've talked about, I think can apply there as well. A little bit of forethought to can, can allow us often to make time, not only to just you know coast through the day, but also to get a few things done that we care about there really is not a right or a wrong way to use this time. I think the only question is whether you're satisfied with the results, not what anybody else thinks, but whether you are satisfied with the results of the time that you spend. I love this perspective from Laura Vanderkam in the article that I mentioned earlier. She said, there is no virtue in being productive toward ends that don't matter. Wasting less time means being honest about what really does matter to you. I love that so much. 
think about how we're spending the time. If, if you're listening to me and you're thinking, oh, spa night, that'd be great. Never going to happen. I can't, it can't, because I've got all these other things I need to do. If you're happy with that, that's great. But if you're not, if you're feeling dissatisfied with how time is going, you're feeling like you don't ever have time for yourself. I would, I would offer to you that perhaps what Laura's saying in that quote from the article might apply. Are you being productive toward ends that don't matter as much to you? Be honest to your, with yourself about what really matters and take the action, make the decisions, do the things that are necessary so that the time you are spending is moving you toward those things that matter most to you. Another writer has said, we have all heard the phrase, time is precious, time is of the essence, and use your time wisely, which is why we all strive to make the most we can out of the time we have. But if we're not enjoying what we do with our time, then we are, in fact, wasting it. And that really echoes what Laura said earlier. Time, wasted time is a function of whether it's moving you to, towards the goals you care about and whether you're enjoying what you're doing. So think about those things and consider how you could maybe make a change if you want to and how you're using your evenings and your weekends for that matter. So those are some thoughts that I had on this topic, but, but what do you think? Are you happy with how you spend your evenings or weekends or your other time off from work, whatever your work or project is? I would love, as I said earlier, to hear from you about this. Uh, you can share your questions, your thoughts on this topic in the comment section of the show notes, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 240. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Those of you who are part of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, this is that's a great place to continue this conversation if you'd like other people to weigh in on it as well. Uh, if you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Before we go, I want to say a quick word about our sponsor, Blinkist. You know, in today's age, it can be really hard to find the time to sit down and learn more. It's not easy when social media and TV and Netflix and all those things can be so addictive and time consuming. So maybe you think you don't have time to read a book or develop yourself. Well, there's an app that I recommend called Blinkist, which is the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes so you can read or listen to it and decide then if you want to maybe buy the book and read the whole thing. Blinkist is made for busy people who want to get the main points of the books quickly without reading the entire book. And, and they offer an audio feature that so you can listen listen to the blinks as they call them. And that makes it easy to finish, you know, as many as four books a day when you're on the go commuting or running errands. I enjoy having the Blinkist app on my phone so that wherever I am, whenever I want to, I can learn something new from a great book in just 15 minutes. I've listened to a number of the books there, such as Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And I've read or listened to those 15-minute blinks for many other books from the Blinkist library. 
For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for the Productive Woman listeners. You can try Blinkist out for free for seven full days just by visiting Blinkist.com slash TPW. That's Blinkist, and it's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial. And remember to experience the world's most personalized skincare, go to beautybydesign.com slash TPW and use the promo code TPW. First time customers will get 20% off using that code. So that's beautybydesign, all one word, beautybydesign.com slash TPW and use the promo code TPW to get 20% off. Thank you so much to Beauty by Design and to Blinkist for supporting The Productive Woman. And that's it, my friends, for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that is helpful and useful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Oh, 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 oh